Blog Talk Radio. Our guest today is David Dorson. David is an attorney, he's an author, and he was an insider to see everything that happened during the Watergate proceedings. He's also the author of a new book called Moses v. Trump. Now, this is a novelization, uh, but boy, it sure does sit close to home. And when you look at the back cover and you see people like John Dean, uh, Nadine Strawson, and even uh, Detective Frank Serpico from New York, uh, who was the subject of that incredible movie with Al Pacino, all saying great things about it. You know that David Dorson knows what he's talking about when it comes to uh, legal shenanigans involving the White House. David, thanks for being on the program today. It's my pleasure. Now, I I have a note uh, uh, from my assistant in the office that not only did you write this incredible book and you have this incredible background in in Watergate, but that you actually went through a root canal earlier today. So, I want to say thank you for stepping up and doing the show. How are you feeling, sir? Well, I'm feeling pretty good, all things considered. It went surprisingly well, and uh, I I wouldn't miss this show for anything. (laughs) Thanks for being here. So so let's dive right into it. You're a former assistant chief U.S. Senate Watergate Committee Council, and and you've written this book that is a little different than some of the more scholarly books. You wrote a great book about uh, Judge Scalia, who was a personal friend. But this new book... Moses v. Trump, really, uh, it takes a sort of a, a fictional look at what could happen with the Trump presidency. I want to talk to you about the book itself, but I also want to get into um, sort of your recollections of Watergate. So, so can you paint a picture for our listeners, some of them who may not have even been born yet, as to what the national mood was like in the early 70s as, as you were deeply involved in Watergate? What was it like in America? Well, it, in, uh, it, it varied from where you were. Uh, in Washington, there was a break-in on, on June 17, 1972, of the Democratic uh, National Committee headquarters at the Watergate, and uh, it became sort of an uh, obsession with the Washington Post to get behind it. I was in New York, and people were indifferent. A few months later, when I was asked to become assistant chief counsel of the Senate Watergate Committee, I came to Washington, and everybody was totally absorbed with it. And what it started out as what uh, White House called the third-rate burglary turned into a first-rate cover-up and conspiracy to obstruct justice. And it was captivated, certainly in Washington and gradually other parts of the country, the criminality and uh, and outrageousness of the Nixon administration, and people were following it. Uh, You could walk down the street in Washington during the uh, committee hearings, and you would hear it because it was warm out, windows were open, and everyone was listening to it. Uh, It was uh, people, most people uh, were beginning to become suspicious of um, Richard Nixon and his uh, honesty, and this was step-by-step, step proving the point. David Dorson is our guest. The uh, the book is Moses v. Trump. It's a contemporary novel that, that certainly our president plays a big part in. Um, David is actually a guy with pretty incredible bona fides, though. He was uh, assistant U.S. counsel during Watergate, and, and we started off the show, if you're just tuning in, 
talking about his recollections of that time. If you'd like to be a part of the program, the number to call is 646-668-2462. David Dorson, let me ask you about similarities and differences between Watergate and today. My sense is that in in the early 70s, we, we had three television news networks, and they all played it down the middle. Now, of course, everybody seems to have chosen a side with the 24-7 news cycle. Uh, is that one of the big differences in, in, in Trump versus what happened in Watergate, is sort of the armchair yes, quarterbacking it, and the level of it? Yes, it is. Uh, those days, uh, 1972, 73, 74, uh, people thought of news as um, – who, what, when, where, and how, and not uh, picking sides. They, they, they're just the facts, ma'am. And uh, so that you rarely got a uh, person in any part of the media uh, taking sides. Today, uh, it's become really strange, and particularly Fox with Hannity standing on the podium with Trump, somebody who's supposed to be a journalist and supposed to be reporting on Trump, um, is, is part of the news, and that could never have happened then. You had Walter Cronkite, who was uh, the most respected person in America, according to many people. Uh, he was just describing it, occasionally giving a guarded opinion, but it was not, um, it, it was not partisan. Let me ask you a question about uh, John Dean, who, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, actually did a blurb on the back of your book. He says that your, your yes. new novel has captured the moment. Um, compare John Dean to, to Michael Cohen, who, if you're listening to the program live, is, has been hauled up uh, in front of uh, our elected officials, I think, four times now. Compare those two guys and sort of their involvement. Well, John Dean was a, a straight shooter from uh, you know, Ohio, and uh, came to uh, Washington, worked on a House uh, committee, then was appointed um, counsel to the President of the United States at a rather young age. And he was sort of caught up into the Watergate. And his record, he had no criminal record. He didn't, I don't think he'd committed anything near a crime in his prior years. And as the cover-up continued... Dean became more and more concerned about its criminality, uh, went to the president, warned him, uh, and when the president, with the cancer on the presidency speech, and when Nixon said, well, I can get a million dollars, which was the figure John Dean threw out as a possible, uh, although very high in his opinion, amount that would be needed, and Nixon said, I can get the money. John Dean said, in effect, I'm getting out of here, and he went to the authorities after telling the, the uh, White House. Dean was not on anyone's radar as a person of interest or as a potential defendant. So he did what was unusual and is unusual, namely he had no exposure as far as anyone knew, and he reported the criminality. Michael Cohen is in the middle of crime after crime, and he's now testifying with a sentence of three years and uh, uh, imposed on him. So Dean was sort of a clean person coming in, except for the Watergate. Cohen was an instrument with Trump of crime after crime and misconduct after misconduct. So the differences are rather great. 
David Dorson is our guest today. He's an attorney based in D.C., also a former assistant U.S. attorney in the famous Southern District of New York. Some say that is uh, the most influential district in all of America. Um, I, I should point out uh, for our listeners that, that Mr. Dorson was asked by USA Today to, to monitor the, the Cohen proceedings and write uh, an editorial and article opinion piece about what he saw and and when you watched intently with your uh, your attorney's eye, did you see a, a guy who was who was repentant and honest, or did you see something else? Well, I saw that pretty clearly, but not a hundred percent. But I also saw somebody who was um, a, a criminal for, for at least ten years, who had not only done crimes for. Trump had crimes for himself with false statements to bank and all of the banks and all of that. And I saw somebody who was trying to save himself to try to reduce his jail time, prison time, so that he had – it struck, he struck me as credible because he seemed credible. I don't know how contrite he was deep down, but he seemed credible. And also a couple of other things. One was that he had nothing to gain by – Lying as in, in his testimony and everything to lose, he could be he could be prosecuted for perjury. Besides the three years he already has. In addition, he had corroboration uh, in the form of checks and some other documents, which told the story. And one thing Dean did not have when he testified was corroboration. The famous White House tape system was not discovered until a month later. So he was testifying in incredible detail because he has a, a really a photographic memory and it was coherent and everything. But here is somebody saying, I committed this offense. So did the Nixon and the top uh, people in the White House. And people were skeptical until the tapes came and, and, and totally corroborated him. We're talking with David Dorson. He's written a book called Moses v. Trump. He's a, a legal eagle based in Washington, D.C., was assistant chief counsel of the U.S. Senate Watergate Committee, also assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. He uh, covered the, the Bill Clinton impeachment closely for the Hill newspaper. I think wrote a weekly column there. Also has written several books, including The Unexpected Scalia, A Conservative Justice's Liberal Opinions. His new book on collusive publishing, Moses V. Trump. Let's talk about that a little bit. Where does the sure. germ of the idea to write about uh, 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 President Trump come from? Well, you know, where, where does that inspiration hit you? Well, um, it was right after he took office, and at that time, it, it was not clear that it would be virtually impossible to write a novel about him that would uh, be weirder than the truth. So I bravely <laughs> took the, the task. <laughs> And in fact, some of the things in my novel have taken place. The novel, I won't give away a lot of it, but it involves a prosecution of a cabinet member for perjury by a zealous Trump U.S. attorney. And the reason she was charged with perjury was she said that illegal aliens were good for the country and illegal aliens committed fewer crimes than uh, legal aliens or even Native American, Native-born Americans. And at the time, I just thought I was making that up. And lo and behold, uh, recently, and th that's been shown to be true. 
So one of the problems, I was thinking of writing a second novel about Trump. And I said, nothing I could make up will be as strange and as weird and unbelievable, or believable, depending on your point of view, as what's happening. So I've sort of shelved that. But it's a novel that's based on, it has a couple of courtroom scenes in it. Uh, One of the, uh, another endorser was Derek Bach, who was president of Harvard University and dean of the law school. And he has a blurb on it, which praises the courtroom scenes, which are realistic, very realistic, and involve uh, serious uh, uh, cross-examination and strategy and everything else. So it's, it's, it's it's, in my view, uh, I hope that I can say this with credibility, that it's an exciting book that has a lot of courtroom scenes, a lot of twists and turns, and some interesting characters. So uh, I'm hopeful that people will buy it and read it. The book is Moses v. Trump. David Dorson is the author. It's it's in the tradition, I guess you could say, of a, a John Grisham or a Scott Turow. It's a, a legal potboiler of the first degree from a guy who has spent, like John Grisham, his fair share, more than his fair share of time, in the courtroom. Um, tell us about the character of Moses in, in this book, because this is not the uh, biblical Moses by a long shot. Okay, you want to give away the first secret in the book, and that is the <laughs> Moses. done. I think I think people will will not. It's, this comes out in the first fifteen or twenty pages. The Moses is Ira Moses, a New York lawyer who defended the uh, secretary. Uh, it was actually Secretary of Commerce who testified and who was indicted. And uh, an evangelical magazine. He's an elderly man who served in the U.S. Attorney's Office and is a prominent New York lawyer. And he uh, represented the Secretary of Commerce, who uh, zealous uh, U.S. Attorney, overzealous, and uh, indicted uh, for perjury, a criminal, uh, a serious crime that um, Michael Cohen and a few other people have been indicted for. And uh, when she gets acquitted, the uh, a, a evangelical magazine says that uh, Moses fixed the case. By bribing a juror, Trump chimes in and says, he, 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 you know, "Lock him up and all that." And then the book takes off from there. That's the. the you, this is to some extent preliminary, but it, it really sets the stage and the characters and how things were done. And this, the point of view is from the standpoint of a of a judge in the district court in the Southern District of New York, where I appeared many, many, many times as an assistant. United States attorney, and that education plus my writing books on two uh, judges uh, made me feel comfortable writing about it from the standpoint of a judge. And as I said, there's some interesting characters, and it it develops in a rather fascinating way. Our guest today on the Burke Allen Show is David Dorson. His new book is Moses v. Trump. It's a fiction novel. It's a legal thriller uh, along the lines of a John Grisham book, a Scott Turow book, except that and this is a big except that David Dorson has been there, done that literally. He was an assistant chief counsel uh, during the Watergate hearings, assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, and uh, a fine writer, too. If you happen to live in the Washington, D.C. metro area, you may recognize David's name. He's the uh, wine and food editor of Washingtonian Magazine for a couple of decades and 
I also wrote a book uh, on his you know, close friendship with uh, Anton Scalia uh, called uh, Conservative Justice's Liberal Opinions. David, you, you also wrote a book on Judge Friendly. Uh, what's right. the difference in process in writing a nonfiction book versus a fiction book, and which is easier if one is easier than the other? Well, it's um, it actually I think it depends on the person, the writer. Um, you ha- with a real person or a real situation, you you have the structure, you have everything, and you're basically trying to tell a true story. Uh, to which you've done a lot of research, presumably, in a credible in a credible way. With fiction, you have to come up with ideas and express them and and uh, make them interesting and have it move and not get bogged down, but realistic. And actually, let me mention a couple. One thing more, uh, Burke, and that is that I the, the case I'll mention in the, in the uh, Moses v. Trump is a libel case, the Maiden case. And I've had a lot of experience in libel cases, and I'll mention two. One, I represented General William Westmoreland when he sued CBS and Mike Wallace over statements they made about his command in Vietnam War, where he was the uh, head of the uh, the top general in Vietnam. The other major libel case, I represented John Dean for a number of years, when he sued St. Martin's Press and G. Gordon Liddy, one of the participants in the burglary um, of the Democratic National uh, Committee. So um, I, I drew, one of the things that I learned reading and talking to people is that you should write about something you know. And I felt very comfortable about writing about a judge in the Southern District of New York handling a libel case. So... Um, that was an important part of it, and I, I kept pretty close to the areas where I was comfortable. And you mentioned that I was wine and food editor, so I had a couple of little bits about wine and food in the book. Uh, no, just to sort of call spice it up, if you'll um, excuse the – it's not quite a pun, but it's something close to it. <laughs> uh, we'll take it. David Dorson is, uh, is our calling guest today on the show, and we're talking about his great new book. I've read it. I love it. It's called Moses v. Trump. It's a, a contemporary uh, sort of political, legal thriller, lots of courtroom stuff, lots of slice-of-life Washingtonian kind of things. Uh, if, if you love a, a legal thriller, you're going to love this book. It's available at Politics and Bros online at Amazon.com and other online booksellers, bookstores everywhere. Um, we've got just a couple of minutes left, David, and, and I'm going to ask you to, to take off your novelist hat for just a minute okay. and put on your prognosticator hat. Uh, as I'm sure you, like the rest of the country, maybe more so because of your involvement with Watergate, are watching things unfold daily uh, with the president. And if you're listening to the show live today, just earlier this week, the Democrats have asked for reams and reams of documentation on pretty much every aspect of his life. How do you think this thing is going to play out? Give us an educated guess. I know it's a guess, but it is educated more than, than perhaps many of our listeners. Well, I'll give my view. I, number one, I think Donald Trump will finish out his term. I, I'm not even sure there'll be a, a, a uh, impeachment proceeding and vote in the House. I think the Democrats are probably better off not impeaching or trying to impeach Trump. They could impeach him if they wanted to, because um, 
it, a lot of people would consider it overly partisan and uh, a waste of time with the election coming up. I also feel that a number of, of indictments are due. Uh, I don't know who they'll be. Uh, actually, in my, in my novel, I have a scene where I predict, or some one of the characters predicts that the first one to be indicted uh, was uh, Jared Kushner. And um, I, I would stick by that because there's a very easy indictment if, 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 if Mueller wants to go that route, or the New York, uh, or somebody wants to go that route, and that is because he filed false uh, financial statements, false disclosure statements, one after another after another. And there is just no chance, in my view, that this was an accident. He, he conceals dozens of conversations with Russians and all sorts of other things. And it's it's just uh, a slam dunk as far as I'm concerned. The only issue whether is whether that is uh, something in which a prosecutor wants to exercise his prosecutorial discretion and, and, and get an indictment. So those are a couple of things. Um, but it's 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 going to keep coming. I mean, you know, you just see when just when you think it's there can't be anything more, there is something more, and it, it's it's just absolutely amazing. And I think just one other point. I think Water, uh, Watergate, however serious it was, uh, did not reach the level of seriousness of the Trump uh, administration scandals, which involved the national security and our position in the world. Uh, large with our allies and adversaries. So I think the potential for the Trump uh, scandals, if they haven't reached it already, I think it, they, they certainly will pan out to be considered by historians to be more serious than Watergate. It's uh, It's been a roller coaster ride, and that ride is not over, and David Dorson is watching it closely uh, from his vantage point in Washington, D.C., is a, a one of the guys who was an assistant chief counsel at Watergate, also U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York, and uh, wrote about the Clinton impeachment proceedings for the Hill newspaper. You'll see him on MSNBC. You'll read him in USA Today. But most of all, we hope you read his book. It's Moses V. Trump from Collusive Publishing, and it's available at Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. David Dorson, especially on a day when you had a root canal, thanks for making time to be on the show today. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure, Burke. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. That's David Dorson. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make it a great day. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. 
Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. 